0: Good evening, everybody. This is the Mystery Group Discussion, and my name is Ann Parsons. I am your facilitator. This is July 31st, 2016, and our book under discussion is The Con Man by Ed McBain. And Alan has told me that he did some research on um, Ed McBain and that he has this information. And I think we probably should start with that and then we can go through our usual routine about did you like the book? Did you not like the book? You know, yada, yada. So, uh, Alan, take it away.
1: Hi. Yeah, we... uh those of us who got confused about the meeting date uh, met last week, and uh, I had done just a brief uh, little bio on Ed McBain, which is a pseudonym, by the way. Uh, the author's real name uh, is Salvatore. I'm not sure if that's Salvatore, Salvatore, how it's pronounced. Lombino, L-O-M-B-I-N-O. He was born October 15th, 1926. Uh, he published under, this man was very prolific and published under various uh, pseudonyms, uh, including S.A. Lombino, I guess, which is his real name. Uh, But also, he published a lot of these 87th Precinct novels under Ed McBain, under the name Ed McBain. I think probably his uh, most well-known name was Evan Hunter, uh, uh, which he also published, and also which he illegally adopted as his name in 1952. Uh, And I think probably his most well-known book, or at least the one that I'm most familiar, I've not read it, but the one I've most heard of, is a book called Blackboard Jungle, which he published under the name Evan Hunter. Uh, And he also wrote the screenplay for the Alfred Hitchcock film, The Birds, under that name. Uh, And uh, let's see... He was born and raised in New York City, and uh, a pro- very prolific writers I've also said. And uh, I think that I, mean, I think that probably sums up what uh, uh, I had, had come up with uh, the most interesting facts about him, and which I also pretty much covered last week as well. So uh, yeah, that's, I, I thought that was very interesting, uh, uh, and so that, that that's my contribution again. So so thanks.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Alan. I didn't know half that stuff. Um, I, in fact, I just downloaded the Blackboard Jungle, which um, was on uh, was just on Bard uh, last week, and I downloaded it. So I'm hoping to read it soon. So, and of course, I've seen Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. I tell you, that thing gave me nightmares for a week. Anyway, (laughs) oh man, that's quite a film. All right, so as I usually do, and these things I want to know, did you like the book? Did you not like the book? And why? Well, I loved it.
2: And it reminded me that I have had a crush on Steve Carella for 40 years now. Um uh Ed McBain has always been one of my favorites um, he 's um I like a good police procedural. I liked the idea that he had several cases and several things going on at one time because that 's the way life is and uh I thought the characters as usual they 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 always have their individual personalities and he seems to focus on one. As he as he did with uh Burt Kling besides Steve Carella, he always has one other guy who's who's um who is spotlighted in his books and I'm up for reading a lot more of them
1: well I'll jump in i I, I very much enjoyed the book too uh and Joni did too and she i think she said that before she had duck out she had uh, a, somebody helping her with a technical issue so uh yeah, we we both enjoyed it, uh, uh, and I, I think I like the fact that uh, uh, I mean, like Mickey, I like I like the main detective, but I think I also like the fact that his wife is kind of the one that seemed to like to solve the thing. Really, she wasn't the one that was in the right place at the right time uh, when uh, I guess when the guy showed up at that tattoo parlor, because she happened to be getting into the tattoo, and uh, she's the one that kind of follow the, 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 uh, the bad guy and, uh, uh, was smart enough to pass out all these, uh, 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 notes to, to, to get the, uh, uh, to, to have people call her husband with the guy that she was following. So I thought that was pretty cool. And she, uh, and, and you yeah, know, uh, I, I don't know of any, uh, whether the hearing impairment was presented fairly i, th- I thought the, they seemed to do a, a decent job of how they presented her disability but uh, uh anyway uh, I, I thought it was a good story it, it wasn't it wasn't too long i liked that it was short and uh know, I, I, I always put a lot of, of, of faith in the characters and i thought McBain uh did a good job of developing the characters and stuff and so uh it, 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 it was it was it was enjoyable and uh Uh, That's why I came back to talk about it again. So, yeah, I I, I thought it was good, and I enjoyed it. And I I liked it so much that I'm reading another book that's a nonfiction book, just on on confidence, uh, uh, the confidence games in general and stuff. I cannot remember who the author is, but it's a nonfiction. But it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, so thanks.
3: I've always liked the 87th Precinct books, and um, I have to – Second, pretty much what Nikki said. I've I've always had a crush on Steve Carella. He's just oh gosh. Well, you know, he's just 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 one of those hero type guys. Um, I own the entire series, so I have read all of them, and I'm really sorry that there won't be more because now we're not going to know what happens next. Um, the the character development is such a such an interesting thing, because even though this book, as with all the others, uh, is part of a series, you can read it independently, you get to know who the people are, you see how they, they, they work together and individually, and um, I've always appreciated how McBain has several plots kind of working together. And he manages to wrap things up so at the end you don't feel as though you're hanging, waiting for something to, well, what's going to happen next? And why don't I know how that turned out? And all those kinds of things that so many modern writers seem to thrive on, especially with short stories. Um, most of these are, are fairly short, and yet it's a, it's a whole Story. I mean, there's there's nothing left out, and I think he does a really good job with the, the con artist theme. I would, I don't know, thinking about it from my own perspective, I think that would be a really hard thing to write about because most of us don't really understand, don't have never fit into that um, that that model. So I would think it would be a really tough thing to pull off, and yet he does. It's it's very believable.
2: I just wanted to call your attention to uh, Deb is here and Lynette.
4: Well, this is the first book I've ever read by this author, and I got a I liked it, but I had real trouble with the what I considered kind of the short. You know, the I felt like it was kind of choppy for some reason. Um, I suspect he, that uh, he was one of the first authors that actually put a disabled person in his books because you didn't hear about them back in the fifties when these were written, and. Just having received a phone mail or a voicemail from the Internal Revenue Service telling me that I have a lawsuit pending, which is a scam that's going around, I have a kind of a new appreciation for confidence men and and their victims, not that I'm a victim.
3: I got that call, too, Marshall, um, some time ago, and... Uh, um, It was kind of amusing because I very promptly put the woman in her place. um, And just uh, I I told her, you know, this is a scam. I don't know what you're trying to pull. I will contact my accountant. And she promptly backpedaled, oh, there's been a mistake. We're sorry to have bothered you. (laughs) Mine was a recording. I couldn't even answer
5: back. They just told me to call the number, so I ignored it. It's obviously very foreign. You are uh, uh, receiving lawsuit by Internal Revenue Service.
0: Yes. Yeah, the English is wrong. I, I hear you. Yeah. You are receiving lawsuits by Internal Revenue Service. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, I had one. Some guy called me and said that he was from Publisher's Clearinghouse. Now I had sent in my little thing to Publisher's Clearinghouse because somewhere in the back of my mind I was thinking, well, you know, it would be really nice if I could, uh, uh if I could have fifty thousand, you know, twenty thousand dollars a month, you know, whatever, uh, for life and, and so forth and, uh, <laughs> So he called me, and he wanted to tell me that I had won three point five million dollars plus a baby blue mercedes benz <laughs> I didn't care about the mercedes benz um, and my two best friends are fighting over that um, but I you know I wanted the two the three and a half million dollars, which of course you know was total scam because Publishers Clearinghouse does not call before they come. They just ring your doorbell and, you know, you're supposed to be there and ready for the surprise or whatever. So, (laughs) yeah, talk about con men.
6: Well, I enjoyed this book, too. I have read one book by McBain before, but it wasn't one of the the precinct books. It was... um, It was actually a legal fiction book, but I enjoyed it too, and that was not long ago that I read it, so I was looking forward to this book, and I was impressed. Um, I think of a lot, I think I have a stereotypical view of what a um, mystery written in the 50s ought to be like, ought to be like, but... I didn't really find that to be the case here. There was a little bit of gratuitous violence and stuff, but even though there were things about um, racism in it, I felt like he dealt with that in a very even-handed way and even a sympathetic way, which was kind of nice to have seen in something that old. And let's see, what else? It, it, it was just fascinating to see how the technology has changed because you know they had to call over to get the driver the the, license, the address for the car when she left that um, license number for them and that took you know quite a while and usually anymore it's just typing something into the computer and bloop there it is so. Uh, it was a fascinating look at a co- almost
3: completely different world. Going back to what um, some of what Alan was talking about, and that's um, the character of, of Teddy Corella, who is introduced in the very first of the 87th Precinct books. And um, as you said, Alan, it was really, really rare to find someone with any sort of disability and to have that person not be... Um, a a, 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 um, a pitiable character, and Teddy definitely is not. She's very much her own person. She's treated as um, as a a, a a normal, if you will, person. Um, certainly in her family, um, and I think it's it's really a, a neat thing that he uses her um, in the solution of the. The um, the situation in this particular story it really gives her a little just that little extra credibility. He really does
5: well with the suspense. Uh, I mean, I was I was finding myself saying, "Oh no!" when something wasn't uh, didn't connect.
0: Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, and I agree with you about uh, the character Teddy uh having uh, within the past year spent a lot of time with people who are deaf um, you know it's it's a totally different world but the 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 animation and the the personality of uh of, uh the folks I know at least um are are, are mirrors i think for Teddy's personality Um, and I think he did it very well um, creating that character she is quite believable and you know the whole scene with her running after this this con man and um, and handing out these little slips of paper to everybody she meets I mean that would be the solution you know if you were deaf because obviously you couldn't talk um and you know so she's handing out these papers and it's a it's quite a believable scenario. It really is.
2: But you know, in all the books I've read and I've read most of them, she's never gotten mad at him. Now I don't know if I can quite believe that she's that good.
3: Oh yes, she does, and she really gets. <laughs> she she gets she gets hers. Um, One thing I have always wondered, and I don't know the answer to this. I've never, with all the biographical stuff I've read on the author, um, most of his books are dedicated to his, um, I think she's his second wife. Um, And her name totally eludes me. It's something like Droga. Um, Anyway... um, I have often wondered if Teddy isn't perhaps um based on her I've of, often wondered if she isn't deaf um and as I said I've, I've never been able to find any um concrete information to support that it's just a just a a hunch I have
0: well I think that um you know Authors tend to write about things that they know, and so he is obviously acquainted with uh, deaf culture, if you will, and uh, the way that people behave who are deaf, and um, so he must have some experience, and whether it's because of his wife or a child or another relative, you know, it doesn't. Um, but it's uh, but it's obviously there there's some connection there okay any other particular characters that you guys are interested in discussing um, I I honestly can't remember why it was that the that the um, the murderer was murdering all those women. I couldn't figure out why, um, or at least I don't remember why. I've been reading other books since. I read it too early in the month, maybe. But why Why was it that the guy was murdering all those women?
6: They were all women who, were, who had a small nest egg, and he was basically murdering them to get hold of their money.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I, I thought it was some real complicated reason. Well... <laughs> Uh huh. Qui bono? Qui bono? Anyway, um, all right. Uh, anything else on the con man? Um, comments, questions, anything? Um, I liked. Uh, speaking of McBain books, I liked the the one. Let's see, what is it called? Let's hear it for the deaf man. Um, that was really good. I liked that one.
6: Well, <clears throat> bringing that that up about him murdering the women for their money, I'm not sure what the whole deal was with the tattoos. That was the thing that I, I never did really quite get, um, get clear as to why he was insisting on having the tattoos there the way that he was. And why different, why different letters in them each time. Maybe that was covered and I missed it somehow, but... I, d- I never did get it. Does anybody know? Sure. Um,
2: he he used the first name of the woman that he killed, and his his no the last name of the, of the person he killed and his last no it was always a C which was Chris and the first name of the woman he killed, and that was his his mark of identification. That was his branding. And what I like about the series is he brings in new characters. You know, you get Fat Ollie Weeks, and you get, you know, different policemen who are definitely characters, and you just don't get tired of reading it. It just goes on. Well,
4: the thing I liked about it, too, was that it was short. I think that must be before, and I've only heard that as a rumor, authors got paid to buy the word. So they have to make things fancier and fancier and say more things. Uh, you know, this guy managed to say everything in relatively short sentences with not a lot of flowery description. And I thought that the tattoo was his kind of his mark of ownership. Um, but that's just a guess. Um,
5: I think we're supposed to see um, fairly soon that this guy is a real sociopath. He's not just a a con artist. He's just, and this is his way of saying, I'm doing this and you don't know what it
6: is. That makes some sense to me. And I guess, and boy, he was just really a serious sociopath, wasn't he? Um, I, as far as the characters in the books are concerned, I was really impressed with the whole character set in the book. Even the people that <clears throat> weren't really focused on didn't feel like they were two dimensional. And I'm look. And I'm, I, now I want to go find a book where the focus is on the guy who is the fia- the guy was uh, the fiance of the woman, and they were wanting to take a trip, and they ended up having to finagle a way to do it. I thought she was just a lovely character, and he was an interesting guy too.
3: Bert Kling. Poor Bert. He has so much bad luck with his women. It's just really a sad thing. But he has good times here and there, and so and 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 he tends to bring disaster on himself because he's just such a such um such an innocent in a lot of ways i mean from being a cop and dealing with all the things he has to deal with he 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 really has such a an aura of innocence about him and i i think that's what makes him so appealing
0: Uh uh-huh isn't he the one that got involved with the chinese gal um oh gosh and it went on for a couple of books i think uh, you know, because uh, her father didn't like the policeman, and and um, you know the the, but she was going to marry the guy anyway, and this and that and the other. I I thought it was Bert Kling, but I could be wrong. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I've read a lot of these McBain books, but I thought that's what I remembered. Um.
5: Another thing, at first I was kind of worried when Charlie Chen came on the scene. I thought, oh, are they going to make, you know. Well, they did have him speak a little bit uh, brokenly, but it wasn't the stereotypical pigeon English. And he, even though he's not a main character, he was developed as a character.
6: And he wasn't just developed as a character, but as a person of integrity and honor. And that was what. <clears throat> that was another thing that impressed me about it. It's just like with the black guy, Mr. Brown or Officer Brown, whatever. Just because so many books that you read that are from the 50s are just really so disgustingly racist that you almost can't stand to read them. And I did not get that feeling from these books or this book at all.
3: And McBain um, somehow manages never to do that. I mean, the, the, the um, characters that are, that you're not supposed to like, you don't like for totally other reasons. So, for example, Fat Ollie. He is the world's greatest bigot and just the most obnoxious guy. And you know from the outset that he is obnoxious. Nobody likes him, um, and, 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 he doesn't seem to be aware of it at all and just goes blithely along making his, his unpleasant remarks and whatever. And it, it fits his character, but nobody else has to, has to play into it. It's, it's just, um, he, he it's, he's, it, it's very, really well done. And I think now,
2: having been around in the 50s uh, there wasn't nearly the sensitivity toward other people um, I mean there were moron jokes and look at what Red Skelton did with Clem Clemka hopper it was just a different time where no one did these things to hurt feelings and people didn't take it as hurt feelings they took it as humor and or they took it as the way it. You know, uh, they didn't. They didn't react like they do now. That everything you have to be so politically correct that that uh, you can't hurt anyone's feelings. We were, and we, you know, the Catholics told Catholic jokes, and the the Poles told Polish jokes, and we didn't. We didn't worry about it. It was just
3: the way it was. The interesting thing there um, is that. As he continued writing through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, into this century, he still managed to pull off the same kind of thing. You, you never, um, you 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 never get the sense that there's um, that that he holds any kind of um, I don't know what you want to call it uh, negative feelings or inferior feelings or whatever towards any individual or, or group. He just he always has his, his characters treat one another the way you you'd want them to be treated, except for those that are the the specific exceptions and you find out who those are right away and they stay that way.
4: Well I think I think we've evolved to the point where you know everybody thinks that a joke like those is automatically intended to be racist or hurting, and I'm not sure they were there there were meant that way I think we've developed a sensitivity or had a sensitivity developed in us uh, you know saying, well, this is not acceptable behavior. Um, I can't say it any better than that, but you know I've heard that among the gangs African Americans use the n word uh, to each other coming from Utah. We never had much of a chance to use that word with any meaning or even learn what it meant. I still remember the first African American I saw in elementary school um but I don't remember feeling anything bad about her. I knew she was different, but I don't know that I felt anything bad about it. But I think we've done some develop you know that we've had some development, and maybe not for the good in terms of you know stereotyp- stereotypical jokes about races and such not
2: well even stereotypical. Just, just lines that people use. People are so sensitive to color, race, religion. Um, uh, if I, if I said, if if somebody said something about my nose, my big nose, I'd probably be all hurt and crushed and upset. I mean, they've they've taken this sensitivity thing far too far. I, I have uh, the night before Christmas in, um, in. Um, speak uh current speak and then there's old man river you can't say old that's elderly, so it's elderly man river um you know it just it just goes on and on and i I, I think that it's to our detriment
4: well even look at look at it you can't a person can't be blind anymore they have to be visually impaired, and you know. I don't regard, in my case, I don't regard visually impaired as accurate. I'm blind. I can't see. You know, it's not like it's something they can fix or, you know, make it better.
3: Yep, I agree with that 100%. Um, I don't have any vision to be impaired. So I am definitely not visually impaired. I'm blind, and that's all there is to it, and that's perfectly fine. Um, if you want to use that word, it doesn't offend me at all. Well, I
0: I have to agree also. Um, you know, there are those, uh, a majority of folks who are visually impaired. And that's an actu- accurate description because their vision is impaired. They still have vision, but it's impaired. Uh, me, I don't have. So, you know, it's like... Whew. Anyway... Um, all right, it sounds like we're we're about done with the con man. So, um, I would like to know what you're doing in August, but even though I won't be here. Now, Ellen, get this right this time, okay? Cuz you're on. <laughs> um, and it's August 28th, I believe, um, because the 1st f- of August is tomorrow, so uh 7th 14th, 21st, 28th, so it's August 28th, and what are we doing for August 28th?
4: Don't blame Alan, because I was part of the screw-up.
6: I thought we had selected two books, and we were going to read them back, um, or, or at least we had tentatively selected a book for the next month, too, but I don't remember what it was.
0: Well, let me check and see. I might have written it down, but... And I don't hold your breath.
2: But we need to pick a, a book that that Anne wouldn't feel comfortable with. That that's been our 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 uh, mo. You know, she doesn't like Jack Reacher, and some of us love Jack Reacher.
5: Mo hater, Birdman.
4: I thought we had picked a Jack Reacher book, but I I don't remember it the the title either.
5: Which one, Lynette?
2: Birdman. Oh. Oh, I think we'll save that for, um, unless you want to do something different, haters Birdland Birdman is
5: uh, uh, really something. Um, I don't know. <laughs> or Ruth Rendell, Tree of Hands. I think that was one we discussed.
0: Well, I did write down that we were going to do something called The Crossing Places for September. And... Let's see. Um, Yeah, that's what I wrote down, the crossing places. Now, I have no idea who wrote it. All I did was write down the crossing places for September. Um, But that still leaves August, so y'all got to decide what you're doing.
6: That's... um I am the one that suggested that book, and it is by a woman named Ellie, oh, jeez, I can't think of her last name right now, but anyway, it's the first in a series about, and it's set in England, but I was going to say, it's probably not what we want to do for August, because it's definitely not in the Jack Reacher kind of genre at all. Alan, you're being very quiet. That was me. Is my volume not good? No, you're
2: fine, Deb. Uh, but he was the one that was going to pick a book, and he's being very quiet.
6: Sorry, I misunderstood what you said. She said that Alan
0: was going to pick a book, but he just hushed. Alan, are you there? Or maybe you're on the phone or something? Um, Because you did say you would moderate for August. Uh, if you can't, um, that's okay. I'll... Uh, I'll conscript to Mickey. Maybe she'd like to do it. Um, but either way, you folks got to choose a book. So um, come on, guys. Wake up, Alan. Well, I put my two in,
5: so I'll just hush, and everybody else can say theirs. Well, I read
2: Tree of Hands many years ago, and I I, I wasn't as impressed with it as you are, but I would do it again, and maybe I'd like it better. And the Mo Hader book is... Uh, uh, the, the, well, I liked it. I know Alan would... Pr- I'm pretty sure Alan would like it. Joni would like it. I'm not real sure about Deb or Marshall.
6: Can and you say that, a little bit about it?
2: It is about a murderer whose mark, his brand, if you will, is to stick a dead bird in one of the orifices, uh, either the mouth or down south further, and uh, it's 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 pretty pretty gruesome. I, of course, being a fan of the dark, really liked it.
0: Well, if that's what you guys want to read, you certainly may. It sounds positively dreadful to me, but you know, what do I know? I. Mean, you know, I Oh, God, just the image of, oh, jeez. Anyway, uh, so is that what you're choosing, and what is the title, and who is the author?
2: Okay, it looks like it's going to be, oh, I don't know. Should we do Tree of Hands by uh, Ruth Rendell? Uh, that one would go over better, I think, except it's British. Uh, on the other hand, Mo Hader, you know, all of these really gruesome books, or most of them, are written by women. I wonder if we're getting a back at the guys for all they did in the
5: fifties and sixties. Uh, Hader is British too.
4: I vote. I think I vote for Tree of Hands. If if that's not the one that mentions shoving birds into various places, I don't care if it's British or not. Uh, besides, one of my favorite mystery writers is. It, not Edward Allen Poe, Arthur Conan Doyle.
0: Vote, people. Okay, I have Tree of Hands by Ruth Rendell. Is that correct? Fine with me.
2: And if for some reason Alan can't, yes, I will.
0: I'm okay with that, too. All righty. Sounds good. Okay. Um, and with that, I will stop the recording. But before I do, I, I'll give you the date. So the book is Tree of Hands by Ruth Rendell. And the date is the 28th of August. And I wish you all a wonderful August. And I will see you in September, um, like the old song says, um, on the whatever the heck it is. Uh, I think the first Sunday is the 4th, so 4th, 11th, 18th, 25th. That would be about the 25th of September. So take care, everybody. Um, oh, uh, here, let me stop this recording, and then I've got a question for Marshall.